0: Welcome to the South Fellowship Church Podcast. Here at Self Fellowship, we exist to help people live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is the historian John's introduction to Jesus. And compare it to this one. This is another writer called Luke. While they were born there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Do you feel the tension of those two passages? One is huge, and it's big, and it's this story that God, who was not part of this world, is now down here with us. It's this incredible descent of God from infinite and eternal to to this tiny little thing right there. And the other one is, is normal. Many of you may have experienced it. She had a baby. She wrapped him in cloths to keep him warm, just like people have done for a long time. She probably fed him and things, too. Those very normal things. One story has this sense of there was a star, and there was an angel, and there was a party, and, and the other one was yeah, there was poop. Uh, there was a barn. It was smelly. It was bad. And, and I love these kids in this video because they just capture the mixture of the two stories there's both this magical sort of like eternal big thing going on and there's also this really very normal thing going on but in the middle of this story god becomes human god makes this incredible journey from from not being involved in the story directly the creator of the story comes and gets involved in his own story as a character. This is the incredible moment. We use this word in church. Uh, Maybe you're not familiar with it. If you don't do church very often, we use this word incarnation. And it's a really important sounding word. And, And the best way I've figured out to describe it, especially to kids, is this. It's like genie in Aladdin. So if you've seen a lad in the movie, this sounds sacrilegious, scandalous, but it honestly is the best way to understand it. Because Genie has this moment, the big blue guy has this moment where he says, phenomenal cosmic power, itty bitty living space. He goes from being able to do anything he wants to being trapped in, in, in a small place. Now, the reason it's kind of a scandalous way of describing it is not because it's bad. It's actually because it's so, so close to what actually happens. The God of the universe goes from being up there, being able to do whatever he wants, to to being down here. And he turns up in this incredibly strange place, a stable in Palestine 2,000 years ago that smelled bad, that wasn't ideal. God turns up at times in very strange places. Maybe some of you that have been lucky enough to say that you've experienced God in some way would say that you've met him in strange places as well. I experienced God in Haiti in a, play, a time, I didn't want to be there. I had no desire to be there. i just had my third child. Life was busy. I didn't want to go. And so I went resentfully. Uh, and uh, arriving there, I ended up playing soccer with 100 Haitian boys in a building that was probably about the size of the stage behind me and packed in there with all the sweat and all the noise and all the chaos. I had this moment where I was like, oh, God is here right now. It feels like, it just feels surreal. And I called my wife before I left and said, I'm so desperate to see you. I'm so longing to see you and the kids, but I wish you were coming here because I've experienced something wonderful here. God turns up in strange places. He turns up in a stable 2,000 years ago. He turns up in a third world developing nation. He, he turns up maybe here in an old shopping mall that we turned into a church. God has this habit of turning up in very strange places. And the, the story that we just experienced is is fantastic. Think about these different elements that come together. So Joseph went from up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the ha- town of David because he belonged to the house of David and he went there to register with Mary he was ple- who was he? he was pledged to be married with and expecting a child. Joseph and Mary make their journey to Bethlehem and the shepherds were told hurry off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in a manger and these Magi characters, these wise men or kings. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of king herod magi came from the east to jerusalem these stories are pulled together like a magnet they're slowly making their way to the same place maybe not at the same time maybe there wasn't actually a party although i don't know for sure but there's these stories that are being pulled in but actually the biggest story the most significant thing is the descent of god from being there to being down here with us that is the the big moment of the story God made a journey for you and for me. That's the the Christmas message. That's the thing to remind ourselves of. The the waiting of Advent, this season we've just been through, and if you're not familiar with Advent, it's the four weeks before Christmas Day. That waiting period ends with the moment that God 2,000 years ago were told became a human being to live our story with us. And he made that journey for you and for me. Now, I've not made that journey, but I have, as many of you I I would suggest probably have at some point, I have made journeys for love, for just the blind reason of love. Uh, I was once dating my wife across the Atlantic. I lived in England, she lived in Detroit, uh, and I was on vacation in Vancouver. And I thought, you know what, I can sneak over and see her for a couple of days. Now, I was very poor at the time, didn't have any money really, so I thought about it, I thought, is it good, is it a wise use of resources, whatever? And a friend said this to me, very profound, poignant advice. If you ever are in this situation, remember this advice, you will never regret spending money on a story that you will tell for the rest of your life. If you need some advice, maybe that's for you. And so I did. I jumped across, I jumped on a plane and flew to Detroit, and we got to spend two, three days together when she didn't expect it. I walked into the coffee shop she worked in and had that moment where her face just lit up with surprise. And I've made that journey. And I did it just because I was in love. And, and I, I played this wonderful game with her. I told her I, there was no way I would make it out there. I even did, as you may have done when you're young and in love, sent a little note to her saying, I was in Seattle and it was raining there because even the sky was sad that the two of us couldn't be together. You know, those incredible sappy things you write when you're young and in love. But I made it across and we had this... Wonderful time together. So I know what it is to make a journey for love, and and that seems the premise of this Jesus story: that God, out of love for you and I, makes a journey that takes him from all the way up there to all the way down here. That is the Christmas moment, the thing that we celebrate. And yet, I wonder whether we struggle with that story at times because of how our relationships work. For many of you that have been in a relationship, you're married you know that it takes work to keep it alive, right? You get to know the other person, and you know not only their good points, but you know some of their negative things as well. And the cards that you used to write that say things like, your eyes are like two limpet pools of loveliness, I can't possibly fathom their depths, and you smell of roses become cards that say, I still love you, see last year's card if you want more details. It becomes like this slightly depressing experience if we're not careful. A colleague uh, in ministry back in Michigan, where I worked a few years ago, said that he asked the dangerous question of his wife. Could you tell me how you would rate our marriage? I would give it eight and a half out of ten. She said one. And she said, I feel left behind. I feel like I just have no purpose, and I just keep the house going, and you go and do these things. and so he said, let's date each other again. So they began to spend more time intentionally together. And they went out one evening, and she poured out a heart. And she said, this is how I feel. And she went to the bathroom. And while she was gone, he wrote her a note and handed it to her. And she said, I came back expecting it to be a note, just, just reminding me how much he loved me and how much he valued me. It was actually a list of how she could be more productive with her day. <laughs> Uh, which was not what she was expecting, not what she was wanting. So she stormed out, and, and he honestly felt that God had told him to write this list. Uh, and so as she stormed out, she somehow knew this, and she looked back at him, and she yelled, oh, by the way, that was not God talking to you. Marriage takes this work, and if you're in a place where it's feeling difficult, where it's, where it's hard that's okay, that's not, a, it's not supposed to make you feel bad. But because that our relationships look like that, because we see the weaknesses in the other person over time, I wonder if it affects the way that we think God thinks about us. See, I would suggest God made a journey for you so that he could journey with you. God actually likes being with you. I think there's this sense that we think that the Jesus story is about one moment where God comes and does everything, But it's actually one moment where God comes and does something so that he can spend life with us, so he can be with us on that journey of life. If you know nothing else this Christmas, I would actually like you to know, and it sounds insignificant, I would actually like you to know that God likes you. There's all these stories all the way through the Bible that tell us God loves us. That's very important. He does love you very much. But when we're talking about love, and we know that God is love... It can seem a bit like an obligation, like something he has to do. But to know that God likes you with all your quirks, all the things that make you you, is important. He made you and he values you. I think I find that hard because... Well, I know just how irritating I actually am. I have to spend all day with myself. It's just as bad as you could imagine. I never shut up even in my own head, so I'm stuck with me. And I know all the ways that I irritate myself, and I suspect you probably do as well. Something happens to our psyche as we grow up. We go from being kids that believe everybody likes us to slowly questioning who, what do people think about us. And I wonder if that happens so even those of us that say that we're following Jesus on a journey, that we're involved with him day to day, I wonder if we just question, does he really like me? I would love at this Christmas season for you to know that God loves you and he likes you. This is a passage from Psalm 139. How precious are your thoughts about me, God? How vast Is the sum of them, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. This writer talks about his journey with God as as almost one of young lovers waking up and the first thing that he thinks about is God. And he says that almost the first thing that God thinks about if he ever slept was was me. They have that sense of relationship. God's thoughts about you are vast. If you were to number the grains of sand, it wouldn't equal the number of times or ways that God thinks about you. And think about how many grains of sand that is. Think about every golf course and the sand traps. Think about every ocean bed. Think about every beachfront that God thinks about you and he loves you and he likes you. I would love to create an opportunity for this Christmas season in the midst of singing. And weren't those guys incredible, just the voices and just the band together? It's such a joyful time to sing. But to create this invitation for you, how will you respond to God's invitation to journey with him? Maybe that's something that you've never been asked before. You've never thought about life with God as a journey. Maybe you've heard phrases like, you should invite Jesus into your heart or things like that, and that language is fine, but sometimes it can make us think that all God is interested in is being small and inside us or something like that. But but the idea that God is desiring to journey with you, to walk step by step, to lead you on a journey through life that he wants to give you the power to live a different kind of life? Isn't that important at Christmas? Maybe you're already on that journey, but 2020 has made it difficult, and you're like, I don't even know what that looks like now. Maybe you're doing great, but there's new ways for you and God to partner together. I would love to create space in this service to invite you into that. There's this wonderful phrase in that story that we just read, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them. In her heart. I always used to give that song, Mary Did You Know, a really hard time. You know the song, and it seems really polarizing. Some people love it, some people hate it. And I always used to say, of course she knew. It's in the Bible, she knew. But over time I've started to wonder if I'm right. Because I've started to question, well, what did she know? She knew that this child was going to do something incredible. She knew that on some in some way, on some level, he would save the world, but she didn't know it involved crucifixion, she didn't know that it involved resurrection, she didn't know so much of what it would cost her. She knew bits, but she's left pondering these things and wondering who this child is that sits in front of her. And I would love us to do the same, to just spend a moment pondering and maybe asking again, for the, maybe for the first time, who is Jesus? And if he is really who he said he is, how does that change our life? How does that change the world around us? I love this child actor. I just think she nails that pondering expression. And she's young, but Mary herself was 15, 16 years old when Jesus was born. Mary and Joseph, in some ways, were just like the rest of us when we have kids, just kids figuring out how life works. And yet this story just becomes huge and big, and it changes the world around them. So in a second, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to close our service by singing as we do every Christmas, Silent Night by Candlelight. Hopefully, you had a candle given to you when you came in. And in a few minutes, as Aaron comes and leads us in another song, O Come, Let Us Adore Him, I'm going to come over here and I'm going to light this center candle. It's called the Christ candle. It's the moment that the waiting ends and we celebrate Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago. If you have a story this year that has been... Maybe it's been a tough year. Maybe you've experienced something that you didn't want to experience, yet God has met you in it. Maybe you've had something to celebrate, some big story, and you're thankful to God's role in your life or his part in the journey with you. We'd love to invite you to come and light from the Christ candle. It doesn't make you better than everyone else. It just gives you an opportunity to celebrate that moment. And then go and pass the light to others. Remember, if your your candle is lit, you keep yours upright. If it's not lit, you're the one that turns yours to the side. We do not want masks on fire. We have an extra fire hazard this year, and so we want to be extra cautious. But I'd love us to stand as we do that. And as we begin to sing, we're going to read this, what's called a liturgy together. If you've never decided to follow Jesus for yourself, you can make this a prayer. It's a prayer of decision that says, I I would like to follow Jesus. I would like to be on a journey with him. It's a moment of recognizing that this child came into the world to change everything about the way the world worked, to give you new life and relationship with God. So let's read together. God, we, we ask you to make our hearts clean, that they may be worthy to become your dwelling place. We want to find room for you. Come and live with us. Thank you that you turn up in strange places. Thank you that this is possible because of Jesus. Amen. If God is working in your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give online at southfellowship.org give or on the South Fellowship Church app. Thanks for listening, South family. Have a great rest of your day.